This is Greg Howdyshell, the Chief of Police with the Warrenton, Missouri Police Department. You're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. They all wear uniforms. They're honored to wear the badge. They defend life and property and carry guns. While they're often called superheroes, they, in the end, are humans, just like you and I. This is WhatCopsWatch.com. I'm Captain Chris Giuseppe. I'm an author, a screenwriter, and I've been in law enforcement for over 20 years. I'm Mike Wilkerson, the media generator with thousands of entertainment podcast reviews across a decade plus, loaded and ready for bear. The television programming is out there. The feature films are bigger, more action-packed than ever, and out there too. It's a growing world of media, both on and offline, but what do cops watch? Get ready to cross the yellow podcast tape and learn more about the thin blue line. It's time for another episode of WhatCopsWatch.com. There's something to be said for Hawaiian shirts, <laughs> just not in this program. Tom Selleck has a cast of True Blue Bloods inside of Blue Bloods on CBS, one of our recent submissions for WhatCopsWatch.com. With a robust cast, interesting storylines, and the literal background of New York, it's time to take a closer look at What Cops Watch, this time, Blue Bloods Season 1, Episode 1, The Pilot, here on WhatCopsWatch.com via the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Chris Giuseppe. Chris, what a special series. I, I, I know that you're about the same age as I am, but mm-hmm. I remember vividly a slick red car, a giant mustache, and a Hawaiian shirt for Tom Selleck vividly. Absolutely. And to see him and the way his career has worked the, all these years, to see him rise to a pinnacle here inside of what was this first episode of True Bloods is extraordinary. And actually, speaking of extraordinary, we have on the hotline, Chris, Chief Mike Force. Chief, how's it going? It's going great, Mike. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm very well. Thanks again for appearing on WhatCopsWatch.com. It's great to have you. We were just introing Tom Selleck inside of Blue Bloods on CBS, yep. and uh, it's extraordinary that you called. I understand that uh, you serving heartily inside of the Marine Corps way back when actually had the chance to meet Mr. Tom Selleck. Oh, great guy. Great guy. Yeah, I was stationed in Hawaii at the time, Mike, and they needed some extras in uniform for some of the things that he was filming. I I was really impressed with, aside from his acting ability, he's a truly warm human being. Uh, You know, here I was, a young guy, a young lieutenant, I think, or a captain at the time. I was asked to come out there and do a few things with a burial detail, as a matter of fact. And we took a break for lunch. I remember they had this uh, canteen that came around with these sandwiches. I take a sandwich and I get a soda and I go over and there's a little water fountain thing mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sitting on that mm-hmm. and up walks Tom Selleck. And I'd seen him working in and around me, but I hadn't actually talked to him. Yeah. He comes over and he sits down and uh, he says, hey, mind if I sit here? I said, no, Mr. Selleck, please sit down. <laughs> he says, uh, what kind of sandwich do you have? <laughs> I don't remember what it was. I said, a ham sandwich, I guess. He said, I got a turkey. He says, you want to go halves? <laughs> I remember being so impressed that this guy, you know, to me, he was a bigger-than-life figure at the time. Magnum P.I. was a very popular show. Oh, yeah. yeah. To have this guy come over and spend time with me, just kind of shooting the breeze, and he was no different than me. 
Yeah. I, I was really impressed. I, really I, impressed. I have found that, in particular, the people that actually make the productions, the you know the production designers, the directors, the uh, cinematographers. Right. Very often, they're just people. They happen to have a tool that they're using to You're make right. something, but they're just folks. You know, they're they're not larger than anything else. Now, I am going to talk about size, though, because you are no small man yourself. But how big was Tom Selleck when I mean oh, this he, is he's huge you know. to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, Pretty tall. Uh, he was very well built at the time. Oh, yeah. Just kind of one of those figures you look at. He was a manly man. We'll yeah. put it that way. Yeah. T- tell me more about the detail that you were doing there inside of Hawaii. I, I think that's an incredible post. Yeah, I don't. Oh, well, I was in charge of uh, military police operations there. Okay. So I had a job where we had a number of MPs that were stationed on the base that did law enforcement work. Sure, sure. This thing with the, uh, with the Tom Selleck show. That came about, my boss had been asked to be an extra on it. Okay. They needed one extra guy, and there was a, I don't remember the name of that particular show, but it was a World War II veteran mm-hmm. who had been, uh, he was absent from Pearl Harbor mm-hmm. when when the bombing came. Sure. He was court-martialed for that, and years later, his daughter went to Tom Selleck to clear his name. Wow. I wound up. My my job was I had a speaking part actually. Mm-hmm. I said ready aim fire three times. Wow! That was my speaking part. Do you, do you, detail. Yeah. Do you still get your commission check for that? Oh yeah, yeah. I sure did. Rolling in hard, <laughs> I right? I don't anymore. That was a one time deal. <laughs> a one time deal. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. That, that's very interesting. What do you remember of the, the the set the the when you were on set? What do you remember the most? Uh, probably the boat that. The way the story went was they had his ashes. He had been cremated. Okay. She wanted his ashes spread over the Arizona once his name was cleared. Sure. So I, I had three Marines there, three or four Marines. We went. We got on the the end of this boat. We went out to the Arizona and had a uh, burial detail for him. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you the truth. What I remember that seems like a very simple thing when you look at it on screen. That took us all day for that one thing. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are under the impression that, you know, as long as you've got a good crew and a set of 30 or so, you can finish everything right. up in about 25 minutes. And not so yeah. much. Not not so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even yeah, the, the, sim- the simplest scene, the simplest lighting, the uh, bringing on a guy that's just going to wear a Hawaiian shirt and a mustache for, you know, what looks like seven or eight minutes can easily right. take all day inside of production. Well, he worked his tail off on that show. I know. Oh, yeah. He, he worked long days, six days a week. Mm-hmm. I think his character in that, and his character in Blue Bloods, is entirely different than his character in that show, obviously. I totally uh, agree. Blue Bloods, he, he plays a very stoic, very uh, experienced, knowledgeable man who has a very high set of values. Yeah. Really interesting I character. I love the show. Yeah. Love the and, show. and Chief, that's a perfect segue to start talking about the, uh, the leadership and the larger than life, though, not a whole lot of lines inside this first episode. Tell, tell us more. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you've been watching this since the beginning, correct? Yes. I, actually, I started uh, long after the show started. I went back and watched the, uh, the earlier season. The leadership aspect, too, Chief, and if something you know that i'll have to fill our audience in on you know the chief has been he was in the marine corps for 22 years and he's also been a police chief mm-hmm. for 23 years right 23 years right chief right and mm-hmm. and um as far as leadership goes you know Selleck really brings it to the table oh, as as this, this wise value-based person who knows politics knows administration but 
he also at the root he's a cop would uh, what what's your assessment of that chief absolutely and you know i think he epitomizes that and i i think as the series unfolds as you go through more and more and more of the shows you find out the true character of him. He has this kind of conflict with himself to where he's been on the street. He's known that uh, doing the right thing doesn't always pay off in terms of catching the bad guy or, or righting the wrong. Mm-hmm. But it is always the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you live by that set of principles, by that set of values, I think Tom Selleck recognizes that that's really the way that you want to live. Right. Even though sometimes that's very difficult to do. I I agree totally with that. There was a, another excellent movie that I saw with him, and it and it's where he plays Ike. Have you seen that? Yeah, great show, great movie. Yeah, I thought he that. Played, was, yeah, his character was similar in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I thought it was values a, based. I, I thought it was extraordinary. The only thing that was different is that he was immensely tall for Ike. Ike was definitively not the man <laughs> not that, that Tom Selleck is. That his his dome just wasn't quite as big as Tom Selleck's is either. So. <laughs> That's true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, you know, he really does. He He's a man to aspire to for, for leadership. Uh, he's a symbol to aspire to because he, he is so convicted. The other night I, I got done watching one of the old shows where he's a, he's a very faith-based person. Sure. Very strong Catholic. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, every one of the shows, it shows him sharing... Uh, the evening meal on Sunday with his family mm-hmm. after they've gone to church. Sure. I mean, he's very faith-based. He's presented with this problem of the Catholic Church wanting him to endorse a person for sainthood. He knows the person from when he was young mm-hmm. and really has a battle within himself of what's the right thing to do. He had an impression of the guy because of some of the things that he did, the priest, some of the things that he did when he was younger during the Vietnam War, as a matter of fact. Selleck was over fighting in the war, mm-hmm. and this priest was taking people to Canada to get him out of the draft. Mm. And and that created a real conflict for him. But in the end, he did the right thing. Does right. the chief, he did do, what he knew was right. right. Do, does the uh, the chief Selleck inside the series have a military line that's uh, eventually disclosed? No, uh-uh, no. Uh, he had, does have military experience in Vietnam. Uh-huh. It, they seem to touch on it, but they really don't go into depth no. as far uh-huh. as his military experience goes. I think uh, it's he has the Vietnam experience. What does the uh, grandfather has the Korean War experience? Correct. And yep. then um, mm-hmm. Danny has the, what's yep. he, Danny the, has the uh, Iraq experience. Yeah, that's right. Or Afghanistan, I don't remember which one. Right, right. You know, it's interesting... You know, I, I don't know who the director and producers of them were. I, I just didn't catch that. Um, but they've done a fabulous job of character development in that. Because the character unfolds very gradually. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, I remember thinking at one point that uh, Tom Selleck's character was somehow, when he was young, a younger cop, maybe involved in this, uh, in this Templar uh, business. Right. Right. Maybe doing some things that he shouldn't have done. Right. Yeah. I remember discussing that with Chris. Right. But yeah. then as it unfolds, you find out, no, he wasn't. He got out of it prior to that. Right. Right. Oh, that's very interesting. And again, I, I love when they can piece together things that, uh, that don't just extend the period of time that you have to watch something, but actually add character and by extending. Right. Uh, it's very well, rare. The most fascinating stories to me are the ones that you get the answer, but you get a different answer about 10 times. 
Yeah, you're just, I agree. You're, yeah, absolutely no. Here's the answer. Oh, wait a minute. That's not the answer. <laughs> and you search for the new answer. Chief, it's been extraordinary talking about Blue Bloods with you. Again, Blue Bloods on CBS. Another submission to WhatCopsWatch.com. Thanks so much for sharing your story. Thanks, Chief. Well, thank you, thank you, and thanks for spending the time. Ah, Chief Mike Force. What a character, dude. Awesome. A gentleman full of experience, but also yes. incredibly humble. Great guy to talk to. Absolutely. Chris, let's get straight into the review of Blue Bloods on CBS. Starring Tom Selleck and a cast of awesome here during WhatCopsWatch.com. The cast. Now, we just got done waxing philosophic about Tom Selleck and his awesomery inside of this. But I have to tell you, I knew that no one else was inside of this program that meant anything to me. And one of them that means a lot to me, frankly, is Donnie Wahlberg. Right. Uh, A very, I'll call him a subdued actor Mm -hmm. in that he is not his brother. He is not the guy that's leading the charge inside of mega movies inside of Hollywood. But I'll tell you, I think he's a better actor. He's a great actor. He brings he, he brings the passion. I mean, he fills the role. You know, looking at it from a law enforcement perspective, mm-hmm. he he's there. You know, yeah. he's he's not perfect. He's the loose cannon, mm-hmm. but he plays it. He plays the role. Yeah, his his role inside of Band of Brothers as well was another one that everybody can take mm-hmm. a mark from in regard to acting. Just extraordinarily professional. And there, he, mm-hmm. he he embodies the person that he was playing as he does here inside of this. You've also got Bridget Moynihan. Hubba, 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 Bridget Moynihan. And she, okay, yeah. And so, so Bridget Moynihan, wow. The same thing. I think they, you know, they put this cast together. You know, mm-hmm. it's a drama. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. they they really fill the role. I yeah. mean, they, you know, they must have gone out, done some research, or had great advisors i've got to uh, tip my cap to whoever they have advising them of you know the police procedurals just the characterization mm-hmm. you know of the district attorney and, mm-hmm. and the uh the the way that they interact great stuff and she nails it too yeah the front end of this inside of the graduation ceremony where it could be just such a throwaway scene especially for her because she's you know mm-hmm. she's a sister attending that's right. about it so that could get real thin, and it doesn't become that thin at all. No. And you know the the acting chops that they have on all of these people. Again, you got Will Estes, you got uh, Len Carew, so many people that are providing such depth inside of the cast. Right. It really is a giant feather in the cap. Right. The family dynamic. I love it. Yeah. It's, uh, what, you know, it, what, what can you say? This is truly something that's gone by. I, I dare you to name me five people that you know that go and have dinner with their family every week on a Sunday. Right. And you know what? It it draws a parallel in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. You know, you you are surrounded by people that you have life and death experiences with mm-hmm. and traumatic experiences with, and they're like your family. And it draws this parallel, I think, when they, you know, insert the family, the biological family, if you will, mm-hmm. into this dynamic mm-hmm. and and it 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 spans i love the way that it spans the criminal justice system mm-hmm. you have everybody from the retired police commissioner to mm-hmm. the current one mm-hmm. you know you have the district attorney mm-hmm. you have the salty detective and you have the rookie cop mm-hmm. as well know? as the the shot dead cop the guy the guy that right. didn't make it you, and right and, that and, almost spreads a, an experience that none of them want to have onto them so truly, that mm-hmm. law enforcement runs through their veins, they're, they're thus blue being blue blood. Yeah, extraordinary. Great stuff. The immediacy. 
What I'm talking about here is, I I know it reminds me very much of when I was watching Emergency when I was a kid, mm-hmm. where just there's a couple of guys inside of the department someplace and, and then now it's time to go into mode. Right. And that's exactly what you get inside of this series as well. We're finishing up the graduation ceremony and, oh, Danny's got to go. Right. And I love that when we see that inside of, uh, in particular with police officers. Right. I think no, that that's great. No rest for the weary. They, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a 24-7 job and mm-hmm. they, they really flush it out. Yeah. I think they do it wonderfully. Selick. So if you weren't already sick of the eight or nine minutes that we've already spent on Selick, I figured we'd talk about Selick some more as he just stands here and rules the roost. In regard to acting, it's something we're probably going to end up mentioning inside of every single review. But the actors that can not only stand in and have you focus inside of a frame while you're watching, in particular on the smaller HD screen, but command while saying nothing. Dude, it it is extraordinary to just watch him presiding like an an eagle. I agree. Just, you know, absolutely uh, genius job at whoever did the casting mm-hmm. and and he he just fits the role so well mm-hmm. with every aspect they wanted to rope into it you know the the uh, experience the wisdom the good core values mm-hmm. the struggle he, he doesn't have to say anything you can see when he has the internal struggle the the stress and um, just the things that he's been through loss of a child you know it's great and what more can we say? I, I love the power that he provides, the the presence that's always showcased inside of the frame, inside of everything that we see inside this first episode. But more importantly, I really enjoy what he probably enjoys is a really great acting job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. There, there, there's something to be said for an actor going to work and enjoying your work, even if they are very long days. And it seems to me that he really does enjoy this role. It, it it really has paid off for him. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, the days from Magnum P.I., which uh, I thought were, you know, was entertaining in that. Mm-hmm. But but this is this is his role. Yes. I mean, this is absolutely his role. Yeah. Identifying and showcasing the emotional side of being a cop. Now, of course, we're talking about dealing with the dark sides of things here. Chris has talked about inside of a variety of episodes, uh, as well as all of our perspective reviews, about how... The things you can imagine that people can do to each other, you have to go another step down to try and begin to understand what people do to each other. And so being able to showcase and somehow put up the shields so that you don't get drugged down with the dark stuff is something that's showcased wonderfully here inside of this series. Right. They show the emotion. They show the, uh, you know, they show how it takes its toll. Mm-hmm. And I love how they show it, how it takes its toll at the different aspects of uh, the system. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how does that affect the uh, district attorney who's struggling to make that case, you know, and she sees it from a different angle, but uh, the detective, you know, who's up close and personal, Mm -hmm. hey, hey, there's a kid missing, Mm -hmm. you know, he's up close and personal and he deals with the worst of the worst in society. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you can see, he has that trauma. They don't try to make him perfect. Mm -hmm. There's fallout. And early on pilot episode, they start hinting toward that. I, I, I love that. They, uh, you know, hey, you know what? He's got some PTSD from coming back from war. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still has it. It continues as he goes through police work. Yeah. Being able to realistic. Pro- yeah. Being able to provide the waft of there's something more to this character it never needs to be a pen over the head. And when you're able to just add that little waft that happens in a program like this, it really is special. The location. You know, there's just something really 
interesting about using New York, New York. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the look of the buildings, the, the traffic, the, the people that preside looking at the, we, we talked specifically uh, inside of the prelude about what the badges look like inside of the New York police department, definitively right. different than anywhere else right. inside of the police frame. Um, I, I love it. It's extraordinary. Yeah. And the, you know, they really, they really tap you into the New York culture mm -hmm. and um, they, you know, they try to make it more than, you know, uh, just one dimensional. They, they really want to put you in that setting and give you a feel for, uh, you know, the, the city, but also give you a feel for policing that city. Yeah. The other thing we need to make sure we mention about New York, New York inside of this episode is that you start the episode with this wonderfully total braggadocio version of New York, New York by Frank Sinatra. Classic. And as the episode ends, they have this renewed, completely different version of that song inside of a newer age of music, completely right. just with, again, that wafting mm -hmm. of the, it's the same song, but it's definitively not the same song. The evolution of the city, the evolution uh, of the song. As well as the family right. that you see inside of this very first episode. I thought that that was really extraordinary, and it's really extraordinary storytelling, something that you don't usually get inside of a series and a, and a push like this. Great writing. Weaving the blue Templarness into this series. Yeah, it was one of one of my favorite parts of the the plot, and and is this it, is this a thing? Like this is uh, like a like a you know like conspiracy stuff that this kind of thing exists, or is this just pulled through? You know, I you know when we I talk guess, Chris, about what I'm well, asking we is, talk about the realistic. Where's your, where's your little button? Where's my Chris? pen? You know the realistic aspects of it, <clears throat> and we've talked about this before in other reviews. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get into uh, are there corrupt cops out there? Sure, there are. Most of them you know, are not. Most police officers, in my experience, are, mm -hmm. are good people with good values. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you do get, like in any other profession, you get corrupt mm -hmm. uh, police officers. However, when we get to the point where we say, hey, these guys are going to go out and murder other cops, um, you know, that's tough. That's a stretch. Mm -hmm. That's is that how likely is that? Does that you know, turn into a game that. over moment when you watch a program like this, even with all the wonderful acting and blah? No, no, no not for me. Okay. No, it, it's uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that you know I kind of want to know more about it. Mm -hmm. And you know, let's face it, thirty-eight, forty thousand cops in New York. If they had what fifteen or twenty or whatever it was, this you know s small portion that um, yeah, can you have corruption in there? Sure, but I like the way that they weaved this this plot in there because one of the things they don't do is they don't just, you know, throw a, a ton of uh, hints to you. Mm -hmm. They, they gradually uh, spoon feed it to you in the beginning, you know, maybe I had to go back and watch this again in the beginning, you know, Danny's opening up that safe. There's a, a pin in there, the blue Templar pin. Mm -hmm. And then later on they hint or they get into the, the FBI investigating them, possibly killing, you know, their brother, Joe, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, he was working with them and so on and so forth. So I think it's a great technique to keep, keep you coming back. Cause it made me wonder, wait a minute, what's the depth of this? Well, it also gives you the X factor element, which I think is missing inside of a lot of programs. You, you may have a, a villain that adds X factor and that you don't know what they're going to do, but having this, this whole other branch of potential storytelling available and that it weaves already inside of a lot of the characters, even the dead one, I right. find that extraordinarily thick. I, I right. like that a lot, and it provides me with depth that I really would do want to take a bite out of. Right. 
You know, speaking of reality, and I know you were going to do this to me when we got in the studio today, <laughs> but would you be slamming people's head inside the toilet to, to maybe get an answer or ask for a sandwich? Or You know, one of the things <laughs> in police dramas that I always, you know, I, it oftentimes turns me off is the, you know, the overzealous detective. He's always, you know, beating somebody up or he's always hitting somebody, so on and so forth. He's, you know, he's got that heavy hand. And as far as reality goes, you know, it, it, is that going to get people to confess? The thing about Blue Bloods is what they do, and especially in this first episode, so you have this this uh, kind of rogue detective, Danny, mm-hmm. and they set it up. You know, this guy's got some problems. He suffers from, like we said, PTSD from Iraq or the Gulf War. And he's what – I, what I do like that they do is they set up a no-win situation. But they I have actually this, want to they, interrupt you because do you think it is not recent Iraq but the first Gulf War? I'm not sure. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't okay. know what the, I don't know what the time frame is. But I don't they, either. But they, I, I, they. There was a portion where Tom Selleck's having a conversation in the kitchen, and he says, "Hey, you know, there's no shame in going and getting some help for what happened over in Iraq." In Iraq, right? So, you know, it. So he's he does suffer from this, mm-hmm. and he is the rogue. He's always walking the line. It seems like just in this first episode, and he. But they set up the no win situation because I would sit here and tell you, look, you know what? We don't. You don't coerce confessions out of people you don't you know hurt people you don't you know you don't do that but what they do is they say well wait a minute a kid's gonna die mm-hmm. a kid is gonna die what are you gonna do a diabetic you know, kid is a diabetic die. kid who's been kidnapped by <laughs> yeah. a monster by a you know a child molester a pedophile right. or whatever mm-hmm. you know he sends his partner out he doesn't want him to you know be involved in that and they also follow up throughout the movie to add the realism back into that hey you know what ia is gonna get you you're going to answer for this. You know, the DA, hey, I'm going to lose the case. So they add that realistic tone back into it. And in the end, you know, his question is, does the end justify the means? Well, he saves the kid, you know, and it's the hard question. I don't know. Do I dunk the guy's head in the toilet? And at the dinner table, he says to his sister, who's all mad at him, what if that's your kid? She won't answer. That's an unfair question. What if that's your kid? So, you know, let's throw it out to the listening audience. Do you yeah. dunk the guy's head in the toilet? I mean, what if it's your kid? I don't know. It's a tough question, right? I <laughs> yeah. think, you know, if it's my kid, yeah, that guy's, he's going in the, toilet. in the toilet. Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't, you know, I don't condone that type of thing. But if it's my kid, it's my kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, the the storytelling is extraordinary inside of this. Right. And it's extraordinarily thick. It it. it it allows you to experience it and and literally move things aside and then there's more to there's more to look at. It's really great stuff. That's actually where we ask you guys, what did you think in particular of the bashing head inside of toilet scene, but also the other goods inside of Blue Bloods? Let us know what you think by going to our website over at whatcopswatch.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side inside the contact area, fill out the quick web form, and tell us what did you like and do like inside of Blue Bloods on CBS. We'll be right back. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? 
Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. The movies have taken generations, young and old, by storm. Toy Story, starring Tom Hanks and a voice cast that just will not quit, are ready to be reviewed by Two Guys Talking. Be sure to join me, Mike Wilkerson, and an array of guest hosts as we review each and every one of the beloved Toy Story franchise. One, two, and the most recent three. Only from Two Guys Talking. Fight Ribbon Clothing Company. Clothing and fight gear on a mission. Fight Ribbon is the original MMA clothing company built from the ground up for fighters and fans. Clothing with a purpose. The new face of cancer awareness. Fight Ribbon Clothing Company. Because what you wear matters. Visit fightribbon.com. <laughs> Talking is proud to announce a new program on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Conspiracy Agents, hosted by Kevin Hawthorne, which will provide outstanding conspiracy and mystery-based content to the Two Guys Talking Network. Check it all out now at conspiracyagents.com as another new year of captured perspective here at Two Guys Talking begins. Conspiracy Agents, hosted by Kevin Hawthorne. Conspiracy Agents. That's conspiracyagents.com. Things in 1982 were a lot more simple. BMX bikes, the Versailles apartment complex in Schaumburg, Illinois, the sweet, innocent kiss of Andrea Schaefer, and of course, a little film from a man named Steven Spielberg called E.T. Science fiction, the detail of a broken but still together family, the relationships that were made when you were 12, ones that are never again truly realized. It seems a lot heavier than most remember, but all of these things and more await you in the Two Guys Talking Perspective Review of Steven Spielberg's E.T. 1982 on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Check it out now at twoguystalking.com. That's the number two guystalking.com I'm Lieutenant Pat Doring, crisis negotiator, and you're listening to whatcopswatch.com. Everyone, welcome back to whatcopswatch.com. This time a focus on Blue Bloods on CBS starring Tom Selleck and a cavalcade of awesome this time we're focusing on Season 1, Episode 1, The Pilot of Blue Bloods. So just as every series has the good that we talked about forever, Chris, mm -hmm. there's also the bad. <laughs> cop on cop murdering. Again. Yeah, and we kind of touched on it before. Mm -hmm. You know, it it's something that I think that they add to uh, other shows that we've reviewed, too. And uh, I do think it enhances the plot and enhances the drama. But as far as does that really happen, I'm not going to say it's out of the question that would never happen, but to uh, you know, in law enforcement to get police officers to murder other police officers, that's tough. That is a, that is a, that's a long shot. Big so as far big as reality goes, mm -hmm. 
you know, that's tough. Now, now it's not saying that's never happened. That's not saying that that's not going to happen in a bigger city like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not saying that um, that doesn't add to a fictional plot. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Well, it's, a, it's a definitive storytelling element that we are always going to have to endure, even inside of our larger perspective reviews of feature films. It's all over the place, whether mm-hmm. it's um, any of the movies that we've reviewed in perspective review, which you can go and look at right now, actually, by going to whatcopswatch.com. Uh, it's always going to be present. It's always going to be there, and it's something that we've got to endure and somehow put inside the storytelling elements. The deal with diabetics in television and feature films. Now, let me preface this real quick with, there are always exceptions to every rule. Mm-hmm. I totally I totally grant that. Mm-hmm. But that someone that is diabetic is doesn't have their medicine, usually traditionally referring to insulin. Mm-hmm will mean that their blood sugar will go up, mm-hmm. not that it will drop to an alarming rate and they will die because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, to die of insulin shock is something completely different. Mm-hmm. You don't die of insulin shock when you don't have any insulin. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Right. Um, two, it's not traditionally under a clock like this, and I think it was inserted mm-hmm. to put in an also heightened clock mm-hmm. inside of this episode. Sure. So again for those that don't know or don't care it's just another oh my god she's also diabetic that's terrible blah mm-hmm. when in reality that wouldn't be the impetus for what's going on it's just that she's a girl that's been stolen right and that we need to find her that's way more important than any of this right but that added heightened awareness of by the way she's diabetic right eh. again a nitpick a rub way more than anything negative but something that i want people to be educated about inside of the television realm right forensics three dolls and i guess so yeah you know it was um i understood why they why they did it so they had to narrow it down and i'm kind of glad that they didn't go the other way and say hey look okay there's 14 million of these dolls out there oh yeah you know what in 30 minutes we found it we found the one or or better Um, yet they didn't get online shoot the qr code on the bottom of the doll computer screen quirks and suddenly they have an answer i'm really happy that we got nothing like that inside this and so you know if i had to pick which way would be better the way that they did it but then getting back to it it was like well you know there's only three of these things in existence and you know the suspect has one of them i guess that could happen i guess it's a you know it's a prototype you know the creepy doll collector guy has one of them and then the suspect has one of them. Yeah, the, the the doll review blogger. Let's hope that number wow. the number three person is like a normal person that has one. <laughs> yeah, uh, very very interesting. And I I join you in the I guess so realm because sure. it seems to me that this and even we can go back to the diabetic moment where it's inserted for insertion's sake as opposed to there actually being a true line through it. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's kind of creepy and weird to have this little doll that nobody else has. Right. Very interesting. Eh. I guess so. Right. Painting a van blue. Now, inside of our area here in Missouri, Chris, we have a dude named Earl Scheiba. Right. Who, for $99, will paint your vehicle right now. Awesome. I'm just not sure that he'd paint it overnight. <laughs> overnight, this or well. Or within an hour yeah. or a couple hours. Yes. And uh, I, I think the, the, the definitive test of scratching off the paint, I don't know that it like, if you scratch off a, a car that's another color, is there not some whiteness underneath it? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, and, and, and that that could be. It's just, it, I, my, my thing was, and it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a big 
a big thing for me. I mean, it didn't like ruin it for me or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it was just the, I was trying to put the time frame together. Okay, wait a minute. He, you know, he, he did. He took the kid and he ran over to the, it was a body shop open. He ran over it and ran over to the body shop and they painted it real quick and it dried and looks pretty good. And I guess I would like to be privy for that conversation. Hey, how's it going? Uh, never mind the screaming child in the back of my truck. I'm wondering if you can paint this truck real quick for me. Uh, you know, here's here's a hundred dollar bill, and uh, I'll be back in three and a half hours. Cool, great. Talk to you soon. Yeah. <sighs> Weird. It's a nitpick. Weird. It, well, it's a definitive shove. There, yeah. there, a lot of times, especially in television, you'll note that there are shoves. Yeah. And it's because you got a hole that's about three inches wide, yeah. and you got to get something that's a foot wide into it. Right. And that is what we're looking at here with this. I think. Yep. So we've definitively had a couple of nitpicks there, but what do you think about what we talked about inside the negative cone, inside the bads, here inside of our review of Blue Bloods on CBS? Let us know what you think by going to our website. That's whatcopswatch.com. Look anywhere on the right-hand side of the page. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you thought. Chris, it's time to crack open our IA case files, where Chris and I look at and talk about a special scene, item, or acting portrayal inside this episode of Blue Bloods. What do you got, Chris? So many good scenes in this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I guess I guess what uh, what keeps me coming back is the the end where they reveal to uh, you know to uh, Jamie, mm-hmm. you know that his brother may have been involved in something this templar this blue templar he was investigating it and now he turns up dead that that uh you know that scene probably that keeps me coming back uh not that the others wouldn't i mean i i I love the dynamic but that really you know i'm like yeah i want to i want to know what happened i want to know you know my investigative senses say i gotta know more i gotta dig deeper i have to tell you how much that intrigues me of the and not that you're belittling anything else inside the episode, but that that is the piece that intrigues you is amazing to me. Yeah. Mostly because you know th- there's a lot of great acting portrayals. The, the fact that Donnie Wahlberg totally gets it when he's striking the chord inside of the demeanor of a kind of mm-hmm. not quite rogue detective. Got mm-hmm. that? You got Selleck, duh. You got Bridget Moynihan who is striking a chord inside of the definitive lexicon mm-hmm. for DA female DA, Mm -hmm. sister DA, you know, 10 ring for all of those portrayals. Awesome. Great stuff. But that's the one that you pick, man. That's awesome. I love that. that. I love that because again, it it speaks to what the series can do for just about anybody and that you can literally go in and grab this and dangle it over your mouth and and drop it and you have a wonderful bite. It's great stuff. Yeah. The only, I I guess the only other thing was the, uh, because I'm, you know, I center myself on the, uh, the emotional, um, aspect of going behind the badge. That's what we're about at whatcopswatch.com. Mm-hmm. What is it really mm-hmm. like behind the badge? And mm-hmm. when, when that detective is having that debate at dinner with his sister and he poses that question, what if it was your kid? You know, I think that that draws that out. That draws out, you know, you don't any, you know, he, I think before that he, you know, hey, you don't know. He says to the rookie, hey, you know, you don't know what it's like. Wait until, you know, you get there. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that that's probably the close second. But yeah, no, the, the the blue Templar at the end. Yeah, I want to know more. Very interesting. I think my IA case file inside this one's got to be the family dynamic. We've talked about it at length inside of the yep. goods inside this episode. But w- the reason it strikes me is because I have an extraordinarily small family. 
Mm-hmm. I have no brothers and sisters. I have a couple of steps. Most of my family, we don't interact. Mm-hmm. And so this alien experience of everybody gets into the collective space capsule mm-hmm. and lands on the moon for dinner every Sunday mm-hmm. at the father's, probably the grandfather's house. Mm-hmm. I find that extraordinary and that it's showcased and kept inside of a series like this. Mm-hmm. I find that extraordinary. Because dragging through anything that is religion-based, mm-hmm. which this clearly is uh, all focus mm-hmm. on after church, sure. time to go over and have some dinner. Right. Awesome. Because uh, usually that's the first thing that gets thrown out the window because everybody's too busy to do whatever. Mm-hmm. The second thing that really gets me is that you've got this span of family. Mm-hmm. I think that's extraordinary as well. Not only do you have the patriarch's patriarch. Right. Going on inside of this. You've got every line across both sexes that fill out the complete family picture. Right. uh, And that they all bother to interact, even though some of it's uh, prickly. Right. It's it's got spikes on walking across a floor. It's real. But it is. It is totally real. What struck me the most interesting, I think, is I don't know who she is, but it's a sister-in-law, I'm assuming, Mm -hmm. that is talking like a sister-in-law to all of the people in scene. Right. And I don't think people appreciate how hard that is for an actor to act like that when, hey, look, Tom Selleck. Hey, look, Donnie Wahlberg. Hey, look, the story that's actually moving across. But the person that's in there supporting the scene, that too is a hard job. Right. And that you can see the quality in that level of actor, that's a true showcase. All the way down to the kids. Yeah. You know, interacting with the kids and the kids asking a question just like kids would. Yeah, yeah. That's extraordinary. Again, a couple of really great IA case files inside this episode of WhatCopsWatch.com focusing on Blue Bloods on CBS. Ah, rating time inside another episode of WhatCopsWatch.com. Again, for those interested, the rating starts at 1 for the worst, 10, the 10 ring for the best. Everything starts at a 7, no half numbers. Chris, what do you got? I got to give him a nine. I mean, this this really, really was high on my scale. Mm-hmm. It, um, if we take out the Templar moments, what, what, what score do you give it? I think I still give it a nine. <laughs> I, mean, they I just thought maybe had, a four was no, waiting in there if no, we took no. out the Templar it, elements. It's still, even if they took that out, it still had so much to it. Yeah. And um, what, uh, what if we insert vampires and call this blue blood, true blood? Yeah, then, then we're probably getting back down to a five or so. <laughs> That's extraordinary. I I think this is a great series. And again, this is something we're going to mention inside of a lot of our episodes, I have a feeling. This is something that I need to add on, not only because of the discussion you and I have had, not only because of the submission of several people inside of the lexicon of law enforcement, not only because my dad is a thick, giant, awesome, interested party in watching this. Right. But because it's got Tom Selleck and it's engaging. Yep. I, I challenge anybody to watch this first episode and then not at least start the second one because I got halfway through the second one before I realized, oh, my God, I've got work to do. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then I had to pull myself away from the television to get it done. So, again, I, I, I love it when we can get television like this. Uh, I've definitively got to also give this a nine. And that's where we ask you guys, what would you guys rate in general? Blue Bloods on CBS, starring Tom Selleck and this gargantuan growing cavalcade of talent. Let us know what you think by going to our website. That's whatcopswatch.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side inside the contact area and tell us what you think of Blue Bloods. Chris, it's time to issue, or not, a warrant. What do you think? I think we got it. You know, I think that it's... Uh, 
it's a solid, solid episode. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that um, the burden of proof is there. Yeah, and um, I think that hands down, I, I think on this one you've got the smoking gun. I think so too, and we are definitely issuing a warrant for Blue Bloods on CBS. Always remember, we're interested not only in what you think about Blue Bloods on CBS, but also what you, as a cop, are watching. Be sure to access our website at whatcopswatch.com. Click on the contact area on the top right-hand side of the page and tell us, what are you watching? Chris, we've reached the end of another tour of duty. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Chris DiGiuseppe, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. This is the end of your tour of duty. Another episode of What Cops Watch has been filed in records. But another scene is taking shape. So many dirtbags, so little time. Check back again soon to whatcopswatch.com and join us back in the squad room for your next assignment. Don't be late. This isn't a request. Are you a cop? You want to tell us about what you watch and why? Contact us by visiting whatcopswatch.com. There you can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter, subscribe to us via iTunes, and get regular briefings directly from your duty sergeant. Thanks for listening, and remember, after your tour of duty, hang up your duty belt, grab some coffee, kick back in that recliner, and listen to the next episode of whatcopswatch.com.